Hi friends, my name is Amina Mejdoubi and you are listening to the podcast Unpacking with Mina. This podcast is a safe space where comfortable and uncomfortable conversations will occur. We will explore together the world by dissecting various issues that pertain to the human experience in a raw, authentic and fun way. So buckle up for a fun ride. Welcome back to another episode. You are listening to Unpacking with Mina with Amina Mejdoubi. I hope this episode finds you well, healthy, and most importantly, happy. I know that I said that I was going to see you next in 2021, but it's we're still in 2020, and I decided to publish another episode. Why? Um because i really just feel like it (laughs) and i listen to my body and i i'm in the mood to do a podcast and i thought of a really really great episode for you to hopefully share with you my experience as an immigrant um but i want to touch on the idea of identity so i'll talk to you a little bit about my experience as an immigrant which will lead us to discuss identity um this was actually one of the ideas uh, on Instagram because I had asked people to give me ideas of podcasts and I got so much feedback. So thank you so much. And one of the ideas was, please tell us your story. How did you go to the US and whatnot? Um, so since I was a little girl, I would say in high school, middle school, I started to fall in love with the English language and I was obsessed. Um, And I wanted to live in an English-speaking country, specifically the U.S. I just knew I wanted to be here. I knew I wanted to do this. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Um, I came to the U.S. as an exchange student. And if you follow me on Instagram, I talk a lot about um, graduate assistantships and, and scholarships because that's what got me here i was able to get a graduate assistantship but before my graduate assistantship i came here as an exchange student so i was here i was supposed to be here for four months to um expose people to my culture and like sh- talk to them about moroccan food and, and cook moroccan food and and then i applied for a scholarship and i got it and i decided to stay it wasn't as easy as I'm making it <laughs> sound because after my graduation, I actually got divorced, got married. We have to get married to get divorced. I got married, got divorced, and then I had a lot of problems for a couple of years trying to finalize my divorce and all of that. But that's not what we want to talk about here today. I want to talk about what happens when you move to another country. And we're not talking about going to another country as a tourist we're talking about going to another country to live like you immigrate to another country so there are four phases of cultural shock when you move to a different country it doesn't matter how familiar you are with the country you move to another country you experience some kind of cultural shock Um, The first stage is the honeymoon stage and the honeymoon stage is the stage where everything seems so great, so rosy, you're loving your life, 
everything is perfect because you are somewhere new and new is always exciting you know when you wear new clothes you feel excited today i cut my hair and i feel like a whole new woman maybe that's why i decided to do this podcast i'm not really sure but i i loved my honeymoon phase in the u.s i was like oh my god i went to walmart for the first time and i found it's really amusing to be in a supermarket with clothes and vegetables and like everything everything makeup in the supermarket literally everything you can think of i was like wow like this is amazing i it's the little things you know the fact that i had access to mcdonald's at any times was like so amazing to me until i gained so much weight um so my honeymoon phase was wonderful because i was literally living in the country that i dreamed about going to for so long so it was all great i remember it being amazing and one person that helped me through all the stages not only the honeymoon stage is laura schneiders laura is my best friend she's one of the very few best friends that i have we are born on the same day so you can imagine the energy times two and I met her the first week of school and we have been attached to the hip she is she showed me how to be an american so everything i have learned is because and thanks of thanks to laura um and i'll tell you a little bit about you know how she exposed me to the culture but during the honeymoon phase i remember her taking me to new places like this is this this is this this is how we do this oh let me show you a cool thing do you have this i remember her showing me slippers that were also like mats like a rag kind of thing that we could use to clean the floor and i remember her saying things like you can take this to naima naima is my mom um so honeymoon phase was awesome as it should the second phase is frustration phase and that one is really hard the most frustrating part of my experience and of my frustration phase i remember was me not being able to communicate and it's interesting because i had learned english in morocco and i came to america with some type of baggage linguistic baggage that i could have used right but when i came here i realized that people speak way too fast and they have accents that i didn't really understand um but i remember one thing that i could never do is talk on the phone i remember i would watch the phone ring and not be able to answer because all i wanted to say is excuse me excuse me what what like i never fully understood what somebody was telling me because they spoke so fast so it was really hard for me to even communicate in person and i didn't have the courage or the confidence the confidence to be like can you repeat this please because i don't get it i never really had that in the beginning of you know being here i thought that i was going to be judged um so that's that was my biggest frustration personally but frustration could look very different from one person to another like some people feel frustrated because they miss their foods in from different cultures um or their country and they don't have access to it and whatnot um the third phase is the adjustment phase you become okay with things and and at some point you have to throw yourself to the fire to get through it you really do because 
at some point I felt like, well, if I don't answer the phone, I, I mean, I really have to take this call. I'm going to have to do it. However, I, I don't know if I'm going to understand what they're telling me, if they're going to understand what they're, what I'm saying to them, but I need to answer this phone call. So I had to, um, force myself to to socialize and force myself to answer the phone and force myself to adjust to my new normal and it is not easy because um you struggle you 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 just feel like that's not your normal but you're trying to make it normal um and then the last stage is acceptance which is where i am right now uh, actually i'm beyond this stage and i'll tell you why Acceptance is you accept everything, you accept your new life, even the things you don't like, you just don't try to change it because you know that that might not happen. You are not going to be able to change things. You, you came to this country, you know, or you moved to that specific country, you can't be changing their ways. You have to adjust to the way they live. Um, and at some point, you really get used to everything. Nobody is born knowing everything nobody we all learn you know and for some reason when you come to a new culture you actually feel like a baby especially if you don't speak the language you feel like you're doing it all over again you're learning how to talk you're learning how to behave because certain things are acceptable in some cultures and certain things are not acceptable in some cultures and the social aspects of of the situations could be different from one culture to another um so you basically learn how to be in your new environment uh now there there has been research that added another step to or phase to these phases so we have four we have honeymoon frustration adjustment and acceptance but there is one right now, which is reverse culture shock. So reverse culture shock is what you experience if you go back to your culture. And this is what happened to me. After being here for so many years, when I went back to Morocco, I was actually culturally shocked in my own element. Like I'm from Morocco. I get it and I love it. But when I went back, let me give you examples of things that were shocking to me because i want you to understand that i want you to imagine that you are somewhere for six years because i didn't go to morocco for six years that was the longest time i was in morocco i was here for six long years by myself living with american people and i never really lived in communities where there are so many arabs everything i do is american and all of a sudden i go to morocco and people are trying to kiss me in my cheek that's just how we greet each other in Morocco but that was really strange to me I was like it's too touchy why are they touching me and the concept of hammam which is the public bath I I actually don't like it right now it's not I I don't think it's a lot it's a lot to unpack um so when we go to these public bathrooms you get completely naked and you basically bathe yourself in public in front of women and I know I grew up doing that, but now I really don't think I can for two reasons. I don't think it's sanitary, all the germs and stuff. And I don't think I want people to see me naked, really. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. So 
it's interesting that now I think this way and it's culturally shocking to me but I also can't help it like I have lived here for 13 years and that's just my reality so your cult your reverse cultural shock really depends on how long you've been away from your culture but it doesn't happen to everybody um especially if you're like let's just say if i was here and i were married and i had a moroccan person in my life maybe we would be doing those moroccan things that when i go back home i wouldn't feel like they are super new to me but because i'm here on my own when i go back home a lot of things are are reintroduced to me again so i feel like right now if you would ask me where are you right now what stage are you in i am not here i'm not in any stage i feel like i have pretty much assimilated so much in this culture that i consider myself well i am american right now by you know naturalization i've become an american and i'm also Moroccan so I have dual citizenship but I have basically assimilated in the culture I feel like I have accepted the culture so much and it has become part of my life I don't have any uh, type of interaction with Arabs or Moroccans ever here so I do and I live more of an American life than a Moroccan one so it's beyond acceptance and that's what we call assimilation when you assimilate into the culture it just becomes part of you um, however we're gonna talk about identity if you remember talk to you about identity this topic is really interesting and also like heavy for me because a lot of times I feel like people expect people to put themselves in boxes um it's not that i don't know what my identity is but if you ask me if i have to give you an answer i would say i am a muslim moroccan american so muslim first moroccan second and american last because that's just how i feel like i feel like i identify as muslim then i'm moroccan then i'm american and i for the longest time i felt very conflicted about this idea of like well where am i am i muslim because i'm doing i'm not really doing a lot of muslim things but am i american well i'm not really doing a lot of american things i'm not celebrating christmas i'm not doing this because i thought that i had to do certain things that people do in order for me to be muslim enough in order for me to be american enough however the reality is I'll, i will never be what people want me to be and i actually don't want to be what people want me or expect me to be i am my own version of moroccan american and muslim and that's really it that's my identity i have been able to create an identity that is very private that is very very special to me and it might not make sense to another person that's totally okay with me because i'm not living my life to make sense for people as long as my life makes sense to me then i'm winning so and one thing that i 
came to the realization of is, and I love this idea, I don't have to be something for the rest of my life. For example, I don't have to be Muslim, American, Moroccan for the rest of my life. I could be American, Moroccan, Muslim today. Tomorrow I could start with Moroccan, American, Muslim. I don't know how to explain it, but I hope you, I think if you lived in a different country, you'd probably understand what I'm trying to tell you. But what I'm saying is, I'm always going to be the Muslim, Moroccan, American girl. Like you will never be able to take Morocco out of me or my religion out of me. And I can't help but be a little American from the years I've spent here. But I don't have to have one box to, to feel like I identify as something. Today, I could just be American today. Tomorrow, I could feel 100% Moroccan. The next day, I could feel 100% Muslim, but not American, not Moroccan. I don't have to be one thing. I don't have to be one dimension. And this has brought me so much peace because I was struggling for the longest time. I was always struggling that I'm not Muslim enough to be friends with Muslim girls here. And specifically the hijabis. I've always felt like... I was judged by them and I'm, I'm, this is not a diss for hijabis or anything but the ones I met you know in the mosque or whatever I felt like I was judged because I don't have hijab on and I felt like I was not American enough for my friends because I don't drink or I don't do certain things they do but at the end of the day True friends are going to accept me however I show up. So, you know what? I might not have hijab on, but that doesn't make me less Muslim than you. And I might not drink, but that doesn't make me less American than you. And I might not have Moroccan friends, but that doesn't make me less Moroccan than you. And if you accept me as I come, then we can be friends. If not, then I honestly don't think I should have you in my life because you're passing judgments and that's not something I'm okay with um, and this brings me to the idea of belonging versus fitting in belonging versus fitting in fitting in is basically being it, it's the idea of putting yourself in a box that people want to put you in but you actually confirm it to them by putting yourself in that box as well um i think when i try to give an example of fitting in i think of like um a high school like think of a high school group less high schoolers okay a group of students that dress the same talk the same listen to the same music they vibe and they fit together they fit in in that group but there is one person that is so different from them he doesn't really fit in that group but he still belongs to the group he doesn't fit in the group and this goes back to my idea of identity i don't need to fit in and have hijab and put hijab on to be considered muslim i don't need to drink and get so drunk for me to be your friend and for you to believe that I'm American enough for you. 
um, belonging is is basically is is a characteristic of strong strong people because you don't need anyone or anything else to give you a sense of belonging it doesn't matter who chooses you or accepts you you accept yourself and when you do you belong to yourself um i am going to quote my favorite um person right now brene brown her definition of belonging is the following true belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness true belonging doesn't require you to change who you are it requires you to be who you are listen to this again true belonging doesn't require you to change who you are it requires you to be who you are Brene Brown I'm gonna give you an example of how I know that I belong to the US but I don't necessarily fit in and and I feel the same thing about my country I belong to Morocco, but I don't necessarily fit in. I'll give you the U.S. example. Um, a lot of my friends, almost everybody in the U.S., almost everybody drinks. It's just a social thing. People drink uh, when they're having dinner. People drink when they're having a conversation. It's very much part of their culture. Now, I don't drink personally because it's just a preference. You know, I... I I would love to say that it's a religious preference, but I'm not going to lie to myself. It's not because it's, I'm not the most religious person. It is a personal preference. And I want to tell you a story about why I don't drink. Uh, like how I, how I actually decided to ne- not drink ever in my life. When I moved to Nebraska, I had met Laura, I told you about her, and she became my friend. And the first thing she told me is, I don't drink. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you're American. She's like, yeah, I don't drink. So she was my friend, and everything we did, we just like never had alcohol. And I never felt the need to have alcohol. But one thing happened. I remember, I had a friend, her name was Gina. I don't remember her last name, and she was with me in college, and Gina was a very beautiful girl and she was a gymnast and she was an excellent scholar um i'm trying to remember her last name she was an excellent scholar and she got into an accident she was actually um she was not driving but she was someone was driving and they were drunk and she got into an accident and she lost the ability to walk and i remember it shook me it shook me to the core like um the accident shook me to the core i don't know i was so confused about seeing her in a wheelchair because she had just been walking and all of a sudden she's in a wheelchair and i remember vividly they had the fundraiser for her and she had you know, we had spaghetti and we paid for food and everybody was like, this is for Gina, this is for Gina. And 
I remember saying to myself, I don't ever want that to happen to me. I don't ever want to lose control. I don't ever want to be in any dangerous situation. And because I know I'm so wild, I just decided, you know what? I don't think alcohol would ever do me any good. So I just never had alcohol. Um, and by the way, I do have a happy ending for Gina. Gina is actually a almost a famous person in the Midwest right now, especially in Nebraska, because she... I remember seeing a video of her on YouTube um, the video highlighted her wedding day. She practiced walking and she walked down the aisle with the help of some prosthetics and she um, got married, she has a baby and she's a physical education teacher uh, right now. And she also um, does a lot of public speaking to bring awareness to alcohol and driving. But that story really touched me and is I would say the number one reason why I don't drink. I don't know if Gina knows. I would love, you know, I feel like if she knows, she would be so happy because this is what she preaches right now. And this is this is what she brings awareness to people about. So I think if she ever knows, she would be happy. Um, well, maybe I'll tell her one day. But I'm going to go back to the idea of identity and belonging. Um, when I go anywhere in the US, it doesn't matter if I'm on a date, it doesn't matter if I'm in a party with a hundred people and they're all drinking. It doesn't matter. I can't begin to tell you how many times I was in parties, in social situations, on dates in which people pushed me, tried to convince me. They don't know I'm so stubborn. I would never, like if I really believe something, I would never jeopardize it. Um, and I've they've tried to convince me to drink oh it's on me you can get whatever you want don't worry about the check i never ever feel tempted to drink alcohol i'm not gonna sit somewhere and change who i am for you to be comfortable my friend i'm going to show up as i am and i'm going to be myself and i don't need to fit in with you I am just here belonging to myself and that is more than enough for me because again Brené Brown said I love this so much it's the practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most most authentic self with the world and a lot of people would say this about me. I don't change. I show up. I mean, everybody knows I'm crazy. Crazy Mina shows up with everybody like this. I'm literally myself with my students. My coworkers would say the same. My friends would say the same. My parents would tell you I'm crazy. Just I'm a fun, loving, loud, hysterical human being. And that doesn't change no matter who I am around. And you know what's so interesting is... People appreciate this. And I don't do this for people to appreciate. Absolutely not. I'm doing this to live my best life and show up as my true, authentic self in the world. But people appreciate authenticity because there's a lot more people out there trying so hard to impress people and change for people. But all you need to do is be yourself show up in the world as your true self and the world is going to be so ready to hug you 
Um, I hope that today gave you an idea of what it's like to be an immigrant because it's really hard. You, you are not one thing anymore. You are a lot of different things. Sometimes you're all of those things in the same day, the same hour. And some days you are only one thing and other days you're only one thing. And that's why it's even hard to find people. Um, you know, like right now I just moved to this new state and for me to find my people and people that I could really vibe with, that is a tough one for me because I always say like, oh, well, I want, I would love to have a community in which I could meet Muslim people, but they are the right amount of Muslim and the right amount of American, you know, like I don't want to meet with people that are going to remind me to put hijab on every day. I know I'm supposed to. Thank you so much. But I don't need a reminder every single day. I don't need you to shame me for my choices. But I also don't want to be blacked out drunk somewhere. Um, it's a process. And I'm still forming my identity. And I'm still changing. And I believe it's, it's a process that... I'm not sure if there's an end to it. You know, like... Because we're always evolving and changing and learning. So... I hope I was able to give you a glimpse of what it's like to be an immigrant and just, you know, the, the struggle with identity and what it's like to not fit in fully, but belong. So if I, if you could take anything from today, I want you to know that it's okay if you don't fit in somewhere in the world. It's totally okay as long as you belong to yourself and you belong to your world and you don't have a problem showing up to the world like that, the world is going to love you back. Guys, thank you so much for listening to me. If you love my podcast, please make sure that you share them with your friends and loved ones. My Instagram, if you want to connect with me, is style right repeat style right as in right to write repeat um i welcome your feedback and suggestions thank you so much and as always love and light mina